Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Sacred Emergence Podcast. It's Michelle Wong. And uh, before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know, especially if you've been tuning in from the past two years, um, I dropped every episode on Monday, and then sometimes if I had more things to share or just more things coming through, I would share um, a bonus you know, episode on Thursday or whenever throughout the week. And just to let you know, because I forgot to share this in last week's episode, that I'm shifting the weekly episodes to be on Tuesdays now. Tuesdays um, is the new new day of the week to expect new episode drops. Um, So yeah, I wanted to share that because I forgot last time. All right, so this week's episode, I wanted to talk about releasing identities that no longer serve us and also share with you my journey um, around releasing the good girl, people pleaser identity, um, as well as why I am no longer part of the Catholic Church. Um, and I should preface this with this is my experience, my journey, my my own like my own perspective of what was important and value and of value to me with my values. And so this is not to diss. If you're Catholic, if you are religious, um, this is no way like me dissing you or your beliefs or anything like that. This is just my journey. So I wanted to preface that. Okay, so I grew up in a Catholic. Uh, Catholic school. Well, I went to a Catholic school growing up. And um, so, you know, I don't know if you've been to a Catholic school before, but um, it's pretty like, you know, you go to mass, all the things went, uh, you know, reconciliation, confession, uh, what was it? All the other things, Uh, communion. (laughs) Um, And uh, what's the other one when you're in eighth grade? Uh, when you like declare you're going to be a Catholic for the rest of your life, it's like, it starts with a C. Anyways, it's like you're basically dedicating yourself, right? When you're in eighth grade, which sounds a little bit ridiculous because it's like kids are only just following along, right? Um, Confirmation, that's what it is. Confirmation that you're going to be a Catholic forever. Anyways, I did all that. And I was the good... I was a good Catholic girl. Like I was a good Catholic girl. Like I, I was just, you know, following everything to the T and I really like for me and I, it took me my, it took me until I was like almost 30 to really like just to dig a little bit deeper with my relation, with my relationship to the divine. And I still use the term God. I know that for some who aren't religious, um, God might be a word that is quote unquote triggering or activating. Like it just, you know, God has such a, a big, like, it comes with so many connotations, right? So, 
Um, but I still use the word God and, um, and I, I, I'm still very, very, very deeply spiritual. And I, it took like this unraveling with my, I guess my relationship to me being a Catholic, um, and unraveling all of that, that I finally, like, I came back to myself and what my values were. Um, so as someone who grew up in the Catholic church, um, and was raised Catholic, uh, I would say raised Christian. I mean, if anything, my mom really wanted me to believe in God and sending me to a Catholic school was the closest thing. Um, but as, you know, as a young girl growing up, I had such a strong relationship to God that I enjoyed going to church. Um, my, my aunt is a Christian and I wanted to go to church with her every Sunday because I, I just felt like I just really felt like, yeah, like I want to know God more. I want to deepen my relationship to God. I want to be a really good human being. Um, and so, you know, with, especially in the Catholic church, I know like there's, you know, between the Protestants and Catholic, there's like this whole thing, right? Um, anyway, with all that to say, <laughs> not to go off on tangents here. Anyway, all that to say is that I really like my identity to being a good human being really connect, like it really connected to like my relationship as a Catholic. There's a lot of identity all tied up in there. And so basically for most of my life, all the way up through my late 20s, that was who I was. And things started shifting around like my late 20s. Um, and some of you, may know um, I signed up for like a six-month program for a women's empowerment program so to speak in New York City and it was interesting as to what led me to say yes to it because it was in New York once a month you know I had a full-time job back then um, and also had my sight on going back to school to study naturopathic and Chinese medicine um, you can tell this is like during my Saturn return right <laughs> just a lot of things starting to uh, change and shift but there was something that was within me that just felt like this fire that just wanted to come out from within me and yet um, there was like something was it was being silenced in some way and I remember talking to my then boyfriend and just telling him about this program um, and how like I, I took dance classes at that time and I said, you know, this, with this particular dance class that I love, this teacher, she would invite us to really celebrate ourselves, really celebrate ourselves uh, before the beginning of class and she would ask, you know, for, for you know, participation if anyone had anything to celebrate and um, and I just loved that, you know, it was just such a, such a different way to start class. Um, and she talked about this program in New York City and how she was, you know, like as a graduate of it, she just loved it and it got my curiosity. Um, and so I remember talking to my, my then boyfriend about like the whole thing. And I was like, you know, I like, she invites us to celebrate about ourselves. And I really like that. And, um, and I just feel like sometimes it's not that easy to do that. And I said to him, you know, I just remember like years ago, not years ago, I think now it's years ago that I'm telling this, but back then, uh, it was probably like, you know, a few months back or maybe a year back. Um, I was doing a Pilates training as a, I'm a, I used to teach Pilates and I was doing one of my trainings. Um, and the, I remember the instructor, he had us 
you know, regrouped up in pairs. And part of the exercise was with our partner to share three good things about us and three negative things. And I might have shared this story in the past. Um, but I told my then boyfriend, I was like, you know, like, I just remember not being able to come up with three positive things about myself. And the other person I was partnered up with, she was also a woman and she also had trouble sharing it. Like it was just like ridiculous, like now thinking back, right? Um, but talking about the negatives about ourselves, easy, 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 easy. And I just remember when I told my then boyfriend about it, there was this like, like catch in his eye. And he said, okay, if you were to ask me to talk about three good things about myself, no problem. Here they are. If you want me to talk about three negative things, I'd be searching. And I don't even know if I can find three negative things. And when he said that, I was like, oh my God, you know? And I was like, I'm, I'm signing up. <laughs> I'm signing up for this program. And, um, and I did. And it was through that journey of really exploring my relationship to the divine, to the divine feminine, to pleasure, um, that things started to open up my eyes. Like, just like the veil, I guess the cloud that I was, I just felt I was, you know, under, just left it. And I started to see things differently, uh, very differently. And uh, there were like a few occasions just in my own life when I went to mass and when I went to, you know, confession and all of that, my relationship changed because I remember the last time I was at confession, I've never felt so judged by the priest. Uh, and it was like the questions that he was asking me, it was just like none of his business and just very like interrogative and just very judgy that I just remember stepping out of that confession so fucking pissed. And I'm sorry, I should have warned you all that I'd be cussing. Uh, <laughs> but I was just so angry. I was just so angry. And I was like, this is like, and this is after my whole experience with like, tapping back into my own body and pleasure and the divine feminine and just seeing things from a different lens. I was just like, I can't have this anymore. Because like, I was like, I am like a good person and I followed like the Catholic rules and all of that to the T and to have like a priest judge me, right? was just so out of line. It was just so out of line. And I was like, like who, like what does it even mean like, to be a Catholic? What is it like, and who am I, right? Like who am I and what do I really, really value? And I had to, I started to see things so differently. And I just started to like, be curious. So I would. I read this book by Sue Monk Kidd. Uh, it's her memoir, uh, or at least one of her memoirs. I think she might have more than one. And it's the book called uh, The Dance of the Dissident Daughter. Um, and this is about her journey into the divine feminine. And I think she was raised as a Southern Baptist. And there was, I, I remember a few things about that book, but there was one particular event that she shared that just got my blood boiling. And it was the misogyny that she experienced in the church uh, or not even like in the church, but she just remembered her experience of how she was treated by, um, I don't know if they were members of the church or if they were just, you know, strangers, but it was like how she was treated by men um, that really just, it just like my blood got like, oh, just reading it. I wanted to like reach through the book and strangle like 
I'm not a violent person, but that was just like the rage that I felt. <laughs> oh my God, as a manifester, right? Like that blackout rage. It's just like, I call this sacred rage, right? It's like the holy rage of like, no, like I'm not taking a, like I am not for this, right? I'm taking a stand for, uh, for love and compassion and for like equality and like all of that, right? Anyway, so that got my blood boiling and it made me really question um, the patriarch, right? The patriarch, especially in churches. Um, and it just, it just, I started to see things differently. I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine who was a guy and, um, we, you know, went to church together and all of that. And I said, you know, there's something that just never sat well with me. And it's how women can never be priests. Like it just, that never sat well with me. And, um, I remember my friend, you know, raised Catholic and a guy he was like, I'm okay with it. And I was like, of course you're okay with it. You're a guy. <laughs> and I don't mean to generalize, but you know, um, a lot of times when we are, when we are so conditioned, we don't see things, we don't see things like we just, we just, we're so in the conditioning that we don't see how things can be like, we don't see things for what they really are. Um, anyway, so that like just like things like that it just like around the catholic church and you know you know and because it's traditional or whatever excuse people might have um it just never sat well with me right and there's just a lot of things that is just like all these rules it's about control and i started to feel that and started to see that and the things that when i just read some of the the hymns and the the homily and like all i don't really I don't really know all the, the language of, <laughs> I guess I was a semi-good Catholic. Like, I don't really know, like, what do you call the, the book that, it's not the Bible, or maybe it's the Bible, but it's like, you know, go to this page, and we're going to read a passage. Uh, the ones that they give in the pews, they're not Bibles. But anyway, um, I just, like, I remember, like, reading it differently, and the prayers that we've been reciting since we were taught since I could remember, you know, memorizing my prayers and all of that, I just, I was like, I don't really feel like I was born a sinner. Like just things like that. And like the whole, I just, it just started to not suit me anymore. It just like, it just started to not fit. And I was like, I don't buy this, this narrative and this story. And, and it was, I was having like an identity crisis in a way because like my whole identity was was like, yeah, I, I believe in God. I'm Catholic. You know, even my dating apps and the dating apps, I'm Catholic, you know, like very like just yes, you know, that's me, you know, that's the label. And this is who I this is what I believe in. Um, and then I started reading. I read the book uh, by Elizabeth Gilbert, Committed. So this is like kind of the sequel to Eat, Pray, Love, but it was more like a research book because she was coming to terms with, you know, getting married again. Um, and she started doing research on like the on marriage and the history of marriage. So she wanted to come to peace with it if she had to get married again. Um, and that opened up my eyes to... Uh, marriage and how much the church, the Catholic church, ha their control over uh, marriage uh, and how now it's like this whole sacrament when in the beginning they didn't approve of marriage because it's like if you're getting married, then it disconnects you to God, right? Then your love is with someone else. Um, all of that. And then it's like, okay, well, if we're going to 
allow for marriage then it has to be within our control there's a lot of things that I when I read it I was like wow this is really really interesting right um there's there is just all these different layers that and then I saw the movie Dangerous Beauty which is based on a true story of of Veronica Franco who was I forget what century but she was a courtesan in Venice and that movie really opened up my eyes. I mean, I know it's like a movie, right? Uh, so Hollywood style, but there was a lot of truth to it. And like, I just, I just saw through, you know, like courtesans and yeah, like their role in society at that time versus the, you know, more traditional wife, mother, and like there were different roles at play. Um, but at the end of the movie, what, I mean, spoiler alert, it's actually one of my favorite movies, but uh, total spoiler alert, so if you <laughs> if you want to see the movie and you haven't seen it yet, um, you might want to skip this part, fast forward, I don't know, a few minutes. Um, but basically at the end, like the there was like a black plague and the church had to pin it on somebody and they wanted to, you know, with the Catholic Church, they wanted to come into power. They want to control. So they blame the Black Plague on the sins of the people. And this is, you know, God's punishment of you. And it's all of the courtesans' fault, right? So all of the men who were actually, you know, with the courtesans and totally supportive of the courtesans, uh, when they were being persecuted, it's like the men started to turn against them. And so that really, like, you know, that did not sit well with me. <laughs> And that opened up my eyes to just like, wow, like what have I been, like what's the real, real story here? Um, and just like another layer of the Catholic identity was being shed, it was being dropped and it just did not sit well with me anymore. Um, and it took, a, it took a little bit, it took a little bit of the unraveling and me coming to terms with, well, what does that mean? Does it mean I don't believe in God? And I realized that I, I linked my identity, my relationship to the divine, I linked it to being Catholic. Um, and it took a while. Like I used to wear uh, the crucifix around my neck, like um, it was a necklace. And I love that necklace. I still really love it. But I was just, I felt like, why am I wearing this when I, I feel kind of like, like I don't associate with being a Christian, like being a Catholic anymore. Um, which is interesting because... I love Mary Magdalene. I read the book uh, Mary Magdalene Revealed. That's one of the books that I still recommend people read. Um, if you are a Christian or interested, and in, if if you're going to read the Bible, you should also read Mary Magdalene Revealed. I have nothing against the Bible. I feel like if anyone's going to read the Bible, we have to know that there's the woman's narrative has been plucked out of it, um, and there are gospels according to other women. Uh, including Mary Magdalene, um, that was taken out, or other perspectives that were taken out that showed that Mary Magdalene was a disciple. And I think the Catholic Church has now honored that now, but it took a while for me to unravel that identity. And and now it's like, whew, it's like now that where I am, 
who I am now, when I look back, I, I had to go through that journey, but it wasn't easy to let that identity go. Um, it took a few years. And I remember the last time I was at church, I was in Portland because I was back, I was studying naturopathic and Chinese medicine. And I was with a friend, a classmate of mine, and we decided to go to church because it was around the holidays. And I, she knew of like just my own journey. And I remember after we left mass, uh, my friend was like, she was like, I would go back. And I said, I'm not, that, that was the end of it for me. I just, it was just not in alignment anymore. And, um, and that was, I, I don't know if that was the beginning of me releasing that good girl, people pleaser identity, but it definitely was definitely a, like a, what's that? A little mark in my timeline, like a highlight in my timeline of me coming back to myself, of me de deconditioning the narrative that was trying to control, um, to control me. And I have a lot of opinions around a lot of the, um, the I guess the, the rules and the things around Catholic Church, right? including pro-life and pro-choice, which is a really hot topic. And um, I have a lot of thoughts around that. It all comes back to control. Um, and I used to be hardcore Catholic, all of it, all of it. And I am no longer because I really stand for sovereignty. I, I stand for empowering women. And, and it's all related, right? Misogyny, racism, uh, the patriarchy, the wounded patriarchy, this, the narrative of control, like all of that. And I just realized that my work is really around guiding women to come back to themselves and to their truth that you only know if it comes from within. Um, and I had to like change my, my relationship to God that, you know, the Catholic church is not going to be a part of it. I do not need a middleman, a priest to link me to God. Um, and so I would say that I'm even more spiritual in my relationship to God and the divine and all that is holy is even more stronger. It's more loving. No, none of the judgments that it can come with when we follow a doctrine, you know? So anyway, that was a huge identity that I release, and it comes back to the good girl people pleaser, right? Because it's so indoctrinated in us when we are young. Um, and that's like a big part of my work of like releasing that identity so we can know our own truth and sometimes our own truth, like we have to experiment, experiment with it. Like we need like other people around us to like, you know, what is it? Like, how do you, what's your perspective on things? Right. And, and just to kind of gauge, okay, well, what feels good when I hear all of this, when I hear other people's perspective and like what feels good and what sits in my body as, yeah, that feels right. Or like that doesn't feel good, but I like this perspective and we get to curate, we get to decide what is, what is right for us. Um, and then from there, right. Allowing for the embodiment of our own truth to guide us, to lead us, and to trust that. Um, and from that place, we can open up to our own magic, to our own genius, to our own, like, to see ourselves as a masterpiece, right? That we don't need an external force to tell us, right? It comes from within. And from that place, we are incredibly powerful. Because then when we so believe in ourselves, nothing can take us down. I'm not saying that you know, there won't be moments of doubt or like, yeah, we, there's definitely, if we have trusted friends and guidance that are always 
that we can that we can have access to to be like no I have your back right but at the end of the day we need to have our own back right because I've shared like our relationship to ourselves is the most important relationship that we we'll have and I also say that ourself in capital capital S right ourself our relationship to what is holy within us and that includes our relationship to the divine and to ourselves and that's the most important relationship so anyway all that to say um i'm so excited to announce my upcoming offer and i i call it an offer like i've been changing my language about like it's not a like yeah i guess you can call it a program but it's it's an offer it's an offering from my soul it's an offering from like like from me and my just my energy and my like just my imprint you know like so I love the word offer because it is it's an offering um it's called overflow receive yourself first and it is something that's been brewing within me for a while now um and overflow is it's a high touch experience it's going to contain um contain it's going to be like a closed container with um like a small group of intimate it's going to be a small intimate group and um of women i'm capping it at eight people um it's all around exploring our relationship to ourselves and and with that i mean our divine selves right so divine selfishness let's explore what that means for us um and it's going to infuse embodiment work and releasing identities that no longer serve us we'll look through it through the lens of human design and also um embodiment like movement and and going from our head to our heart right leading from from our body and trusting the the depth that we that we have that's within ourselves um and ourself right and so I'm so excited for it. Uh, I just I just shared the branding of it on uh, my socials, and I'm so just like I'm so proud of this. So if it's something that you want to learn more about, I'll put link in the show notes. It's a four month experience. I, it's almost like a mastermind, but not really. Like mastermind, I always see mastermind as more business. This is more like it's an experience. It's more high touch. You'll have one on one time. We'll have one on one time together. Um, there's also group. We'll have group coaching calls um, and there'll be like a Voxer group to get support between the calls. And it's like, it's very individualized as well. But the sisterhood, the group is, I always find it to be so powerful when we have access to uh, each other and being on a similar journey together. I know that for myself, it's so transformative. So I wanted to offer uh, more of a sisterhood experience um, so that the the journey gets to like the connections that gets to be made and the journey gets to be very, very rich. Um, and so for those that are interested, I'll put link in show notes. And I decided just to support this launch. Um, I decided to offer limited spots, one-on-one HD attunement sessions. Um, and the tagline for it is Ignite Your Inner Lioness. So it's not a human design reading, but it is a session to really help you guide back to your power through the lens of human design. I would say we actually go deeper than a human design reading. Um, you'll walk away with uh, two to three practical suggestions and tips to help you align with your goals, your dreams, or anything that you share in the intake form that you feel like you want more guidance in. And I'm offering limited spots. They must be completed by the end of March. So this month, uh, March 2022. And um, I'm offering limited spots and 
the price is less than what I typically would charge for a one-off session with me. And so I'll put links in the show notes for that too. And um, what I wanted to offer with these HD attunement sessions is that if you are curious and wanting to join Overflow um, and it's a good fit, then you can apply the the, the payment for the HD attunement session, you can apply that towards the um, overflow. Um, so that gets to be, I just wanted to offer something as you know a way to get to know me and how I work and see if it's a good fit. So anyway, that's what I had for you today. Um, our identity, like how we see ourselves is really important. And our identity, it's gonna grow and shift over time. Um, and it, I feel like it's, it's healthy to do that, right? Cause we are ever evolving, ever growing. And, you know, the title of this podcast, sacred emergence is exactly that, like where you are and who you are is exactly amazing and perfect. And I believe like from this place, we continue to grow and emerge and it gets to be a very holy and sacred journey. Um, and that still stands true. So, I love you. Thank you for listening, for tuning in. Um, if you have, like, I would love to hear from you if you have your like, your relationship to the church, to the divine, um, or just like identities that you're ready to release that no longer serves you. I will share that the people please your identity. It is so ingrained that like sometimes I'll, st- I'll catch myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just try to filter myself so that it would be more comfortable for other people or like, oh, that was such a people pleasing move. Like it can happen be, and it's nothing to, you know, shame ourselves on or anything. It's, it's just awareness and committing to releasing it, right? If it's something that we want to do. Um, but when we people please and we, and we are playing the good girl syndrome or whatever, it's like it can be manipulative because we're not we're not who we truly are, right? We're just trying to have other people think that we are being nice when really we don't really want to. Like, you know, if I'm asking someone to help me and they say yes, but they're resenting it, oh my God, I really don't want them to say yes. Just let me know and I can ask someone else. Like, it's not a big deal, right? But it's like we have so much ties to what we should be doing versus what we truly want. And the more we can really be honest with ourselves and come back to our own selves and guide ourselves in that way, I, I feel like the the world would be a much better place, right? And our kindness and compassion and our own understanding of each other, it just, it's like we're all so human, right? And at the same time, we are divine and holy from within. So that's what I had to say. Um, thank you for tuning in and for listening. Um, if this episode resonated with you, please share it. Um, and yeah, that's it for now. Stay tuned for more and I'll see you soon. Cheers. To help you feel more supported and nourished in your body and nervous system, you're invited to download the free I Am Supported meditation in the show notes. May you feel grounded in who you are as you become the fullest expression of yourself. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing with those who can benefit. Until next time.